In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
What's up, folks? It's So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. That, of course, was a band, MGMT, mixed with Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Now, I played a couple different September mashups in September due to it being September, uh, but this is a special one because in the lyrics of September, it says, on the 21st night of September, and that's where we're at. We're at, guys, are you, we're at September 21st. Like, we're screwed. Like, the holidays are right here. The holidays are, and I, you you might be like, I love the holidays. But, like, guys, the year, what, like, we were just complaining about 2020 a second ago. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're in 2021. But it literally, it's, it's, it's frightening. And I know this is something that you hear again and again. But I just want to add my voice to the chorus of, what the hell? We're already at the holidays again? I have to worry about Christmas gifts and holiday gifts and like what 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 it just it, it it frightened me when I thought about it and then I just was like oh my god anyways how's everybody doing is uh we, we started the week we've got less than four days till the weekend let me tell you my exciting night this is great um so I woke up super early to do an interview went back you know and i i i woke up at like 6 a.m to like research the guest and and then i i talked to this person at like 7 30 and i think you'll hear it later this week and it went fine uh and then afterwards it was like nine o'clock or something and i went back to bed for a couple hours and do you ever go back to bed and you're like that was the wrong thing to do where it was like it because i woke up then at 11 i was completely out of it and then I was just, I was like in a grump. I was like, rah, 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 rah. like you ever, you're just like, oh, this is, I feel horrible. I got two more hours of sleep, but I feel just cranky. And it just, it stayed with me the entire day. And then get this shit. I go hiking and I'm trying to get back, you know, to a regular 
workout kind of schedule because of being sick. I, uh, I put on Dancing with the Stars. It was the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars. And Kenya Moore from Real Housewives of Atlanta was on there. So I uh, had, to, had to support and Cody Rigsby from Peloton. And, uh, of course, Olivia Jade. If you guys don't know Olivia Jade, uh, she was involved in the college cheating scandal. It turns out she can dance, actually. So I was like, good for her. Like, this is actually, you know, she can't. Obviously, college is not her thing. Uh, but this, maybe dancing is. But then I fall asleep during... Dancing with the Stars, I slept for like a solid three hours starting at 8.30. What the hell is wrong? Like, did I, when did I officially become the most boring man person, however you want to, you know, in the world? I fell asleep during Dancing with, I fell asleep before 9 p.m. Now it's 12.22 in the morning. I'm trying to put this dang podcast out and I'm just like, will I be able to go back to sleep? This is what I'm worried. Guys, this is, how did my life become this? You guys are probably already asleep or had exciting nights, or you even just stayed up for the entirety of Dancing with the Stars without falling asleep once. I fell asleep. I mean, we're talking hard sleep. Hard sleep. Ugh. Anyways, that's that's the exciting evening of mine, if you guys, I like to share my personal life with you. Uh, today, you guys, we have, we're going to probably get right to it too, because we have an hour conversation with two of my favorite people that do this. Uh, watch what crappens. Ben Mandelker, Ronnie Karam. It's the first time they've been on together. They've been on separately before, and they um, we just had the best time talking. I mean, I just I always have the best time talking. I just uh, it, it's like you guys listening. You kind of just I just sat there with like my with my fist under my uh chin, just with a smile on my face, and it was my first interview back. We did this past Thursday, where I was like starting to feel better again so i don't even know what this sounds like i th- i mean i know i laughed a lot so i think you guys will laugh a lot and we we cover real housewives of beverly hills this past week one we go into real housewives of new york and the reunion but this was before we found out they weren't going to have a reunion i got their opinions on that we talk about the new season of vanderpump rules and what we're expecting and we kind of just geeked out but i want to say what in what an what impresses me most about them besides how geniusly funny they are and really they are so uniquely funny and quick and all of those things are true but as you get older you realize also what matters is um how uh people treat other people and these people they're just the nicest people out there they they treat me always with respect it seems like they treat everybody with respect and you know it's like sometimes i can be jaded i think or, or I think like sometimes the negative sometimes, and you just sometimes feel like these guys are really just really appreciative for where they're at, what they're doing. We talk about their tour. We talk about them touring again. We talk, I mean, it's just, it's a great conversation. And I really, uh, I really look up to them so, so much. Um, and just, but like across the board, I look up to their sense of humor where you're just like how they're just so it's just so fun. You just want to live in that space. And that's why I feel like everybody listens to them every day of the week because you just want to be around them. You want to kind of live in that. There's a joy in what they do. And the sky's the limit. I always, it blows me away with them is that I think we bring this up on there is that they were selling out venues, you guys, that some of my favorite um, alternative artists weren't selling out, you know, 
I mean, that just blows me away. And it just shows the power of this medium, even though I think a lot of people still disrespect podcasts and don't know what they are. And they're like, oh, the, the cast pod you do. And that's a little cute thing. And they don't realize how many of us really spend our days with this. This, this is like a home away from home, you know? And I think that is just kind of the coolest environment that people like that, people like Ronnie and Ben have helped create it. They've done this for a decade. My God. Can you imagine? I don't know. So they're there today. Let's do a, a couple stories just so I can get my rage out. And especially since I just got a three hour nap. What the hell is wrong? Does anybody want to move in and just be my life coach? Like you can just tell me when to wake up. You tell me how to dress. Like, I mean, what, what is it? Do I do I need to get married again? Is that the deal? Like, please, can somebody tell me what to do? It is not work. It is not working. <laughs> Maritza, Megan, all the women in my life, just tell me what to do. Just please. I'll give you full conservatorship rights to me. Just take control. Tell me what to wear. Tell me when to record. We're good. Okay, we're going to do a little bit of a, a segment I used to do called the the Bailey Mail. And that's pretty much where I just read the Daily Mail headlines. Uh, I kind of round robin it, see if there's anything that interests me. Now, the Daily Mail is my newspaper of note. It's not a physical paper. It's an app on my phone, and uh, I, horrible people run the Daily Mail. If you look into it, it's overseas, but also to me, it is. There's like, for me, celebrity pop culture went in phases. You know, you had your Perez Hilton, of course, back in the day. Then that launched you into TMZ, delisted, um, um, you know, defamer, all of these other things. And I think then you kind of graduate to a certain point, Daily Mail, because Daily Mail refreshes at all times. Like I will read the entirety of Daily Mail and then just keep refreshing until they refresh their stories. Now, right off the bat, this is on their U.S. showbiz pays. This is their top story exclusive, it says. So you're like, damn, they got an exclusive. Nice. Camilla Cabello puts on a very cheeky display in thong bikini as she sends temperature soaring during beach day in Miami. And it's exactly what you would think. They've got a picture of Camila Cabello in a yellow thong. And I just love the verbiage that Daily Mail or any of these kind of rags use. They'll always use things like send temperature soaring or it'll be tot tummies. Kendall Jenner has a tot tummy. Like if you put the search word tot tummy into Daily Mail, you'll have pages and pages of results. In fact, I've put that on my Instagram stories at times where I'll just use every time. They're they're obsessed with weird things, the Daily Mail. They love Colin Farrell's forearms. They'll be like, Colin Farrell showing us those forearms again. Or they're obsessed with Ireland Baldwin, Alec Baldwin and Kim Bassinger's daughter. There's no... There's no reason we should know Ireland Baldwin. She's not even on Dancing with the Stars. There's no reason, yet she's in the Daily Mail on a daily basis. And that's what fascinates me about the Daily Mail. You'll sometimes just be like, whoa, where did that come? There's this other girl, Demi Rose, who is on the Daily Mail all the time. And from what I can tell, she's just a young girl that lives in a bikini. She's not any... I don't think she's a singer, actor, whatever, but I feel like I've watched her grow up in a bikini these last couple of years. And I'm just like, how does that even, how does one become just Daily Mail famous? Because I've never heard of her outside of the Daily Mail. It's just interesting. So Camila Cabello sent temperatures soaring in a thong bikini as she hit the beaches of Miami on Monday. Now, 
this, I feel like you should be able to sue for things like this because there's no way that she sent one temperature soaring. And that's no, no offense to Camila Cabello. She looks fine in a yellow bikini, but there's no, like, it wasn't like Miami. I have friends in Miami. They weren't like, there is a, there is a pandemic and a half happening. Camila Cabello went on the beach today and, uh, she killed people. Literally, they they exploded. Their the temperature rose so high because of this. But this is what I love about pop culture and the Daily Mail. This is a head new. This is a exclusive. This is the top story on the Daily Mail headline. Um, okay, here's another one. Chelsea Handler announces she's finally in love with the best guy there is, and that guy, you guys, is stand-up comedian Joe Joe Coy. Joe Coy. I always say Joy Coy. Joe Coy. So Chelsea Handler is in love. She's 46 years old, it says. She boasts 15.1 social media, 15.1 million social media followers. And she posted this this evening, just sitting here in Majorca, thinking about how grateful I am to have so many people that I love in my life, to live the life I do, and to be going on tour doing what I love, and that I'm finally in love with the best kind of guy there is. There is hope for everyone. That kind of stuff, she says. There is hope for everyone. There's we got to get away from this narrative that we're oh, there's hope for everyone. It's all, we're only full and complete if we're in love. Come on, let's get away from that narrative. That's such an unfair narrative and untrue. And I mean, but but congratulations, Chelsea. I don't know Joel Coy. I just know that he's a stand-up, and I believe he was on her panel, right? Like. Um, but also I long to do Instagram posts from places like Majorca, like guys, Hey guys, it's Ryan here. Just standing here in Majorca. I just took a three hour nap. I couldn't make it through dancing with the stars, a little gassy, but also thinking about how much I love my life and all of you. I also went on three dates, uh, and I feel like there's hope for all of us Toot. <laughs> Hey guys, it's me, Ryan. I'm in Barcelona, and I was just thinking about what a joy it is to live the life I do. Hi guys, I'm um, I'm in Bakersfield, California, and I was just thinking about the amazing life. And it's a picture of her staring off into the sunset. I always, you always wonder because we do this ourselves with Instagram posts. Like, who's in charge of like take like? Does she sheepishly ask a friend, "Will you take a picture of me looking out onto the ocean?" I'm going to do a sentimental post. Like, does she know, like, hey, I want to do a sentimental post. Could you get me just looking off into the distance? It's always like a Bachelor contestant when I always feel embarrassed for them in those first couple episodes where they have to do like a, 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 you know, a voiceover over them looking contemplative out into the woods. They'll be like, I've had a good life, but I've never found love. And I always like the, the director's like, yeah, just look off into the distance. Look like you're thinking about love. Um, that's what this picture looks like. And I know we all do that ourselves, but it, it really always makes me laugh when a celebrity does that, which I don't know why it does, but you know what I'm saying? It makes me laugh. Cause you're like, you're already a celebrity. You can pay your bills. Like we're not, I mean, I get like, who's, I mean, how many of us are, I mean, there's gotta be 10% maybe that are completely invested in Chelsea Handler's love life. Like I like Chelsea Handler fine, but I'm not in I'm not like, I didn't read that post and go. Thank God. Okay, well, I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna sleep easy tonight. This, uh, well, Chelsea is taken. Then I just take out my notebook and I cross her name out. She has found love. She's doing good. Um. Ooh, this is interesting. Tom Ford, the designer, 
Tom Ford's husband and partner of 35 years, Richard Buckley, dies age 72 of natural causes. Now, Tom Ford, an extremely good-looking man, designer, also a film director. He's directed two films that I thought were great. I didn't know he was married, and I didn't know he was married to somebody 35 years his senior. So that's a very sad thing. Interesting. Uh, here's one. Kanye West allegedly, quote, bragged about hooking up with Christina Milian and claimed he cheated on Kim Kardashian in a 2016 outburst. Have you noticed we've been getting a lot of news stories lately with Kanye West having cheated on Kim Kardashian? You always got to pay attention to when these news stories get pushed. And I feel like we've gotten a lot of Kanye West cheated on Kim Kardashian during their marriage stories. Which almost led me to believe, did Kim or Chris push these stories after Donda came out to kind of let the public know that they are not actually getting back together, even though she did put on her wedding dress for a stadium event, uh, which is just still so bizarre. So uh, it says an insider close to West's team claims the rapper boasted of a fling with Million to his team during his 2016 St. Pablo tour. West, who has toured and collaborated with Million in the past, allegedly didn't specify if the hookup was before or during his marriage to Kim Kardashian. Like, how is this a story? He bragged to his his posse during a 2006, like, and also it was like, yo, smell my fingers. That's Christina Milian. Like who, how do you boast? Like this is, and, and how does this 2016? And then all of a sudden the source is like, it's 2021. Now's the time. I need to tell you guys the story about when Kanye bragged about Christina Milian. Uh, it says he allegedly used graphic language to describe the dress. Like, what? Oh, shit, man. I was small spoon. Yeah, I spooned that shit up. Um, West appears to rap about an infidelity on his song Hurricane from his latest album, Donda. They're also saying, you guys, TMZ is reporting that Kanye just dropped $56.7 million on a Malibu bachelor pad. And it looks like all Malibu houses, you know, space is a high commodity in Malibu. They all look so close together from the outside. And then you get, you know, but like, could you imagine, like, talk about no offense. Like I, you know, you guys know how I feel about Kanye, but also I think we can all agree night nightmare neighbor, right? Like nightmare neighbor. Like, could you like, you know, he's not, he's like coming over to borrow a cup of flour and like everything. He's like, I need all, I need it all. Um, I'm going to talk to you all night. You just feel like that could potentially be a nightmare. Like, you know, you get your dream pad in Malibu, everything's great. And then Kanye West moves in and then he's trying to complete Donda at all hours of the night. Um, so I thought that was a weird story. Uh, Wendy Williams, you guys prayers for Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams was drinking every day before being taken to the hospital last week for psychiatric evaluation and is now fighting a breakthrough COVID infection. Now, we all love Wendy Williams. I mean, she's definitely a controversial figure. Uh, did you guys all watch that Lifetime, the authorized Lifetime movie of Wendy Williams' life and then the documentary afterwards? What was that, like six months ago? Who knows? But uh, it was a great night of television. But Wendy definitely, you know, she has had a lot of, um, not sorrow, but she's just had a lot of trouble in her life for somebody that comments on pop culture on her show. You know, your heart goes out to anybody that goes through this stuff. But I find it fascinating as somebody that can, with laser-like precision, usually kind of nail celebrity pop culture. And then to become part of that, to become part of that narrative, to be scooped up in. And I'm sure a lot of people... Um, 
not like think negatively of Wendy Williams, but a lot of celebrities are like, screw you. You talk shit about me all the time. So I always wonder, but it just seems like she's battled a lot of things and they've kept a good uh, handle on it, keeping a lot of it secret. But you'll notice little blips throughout her career. I mean, you guys even remember when she passed out on stage during a live taping during her Halloween episode. So uh, here's a story I hate. Khloe Kardashian and on-off-again beau Tristan Thompson hold hands with daughter True after dance classes. They step out amid reports the NBA star is trying to get her back. You report, like, Tristan. Tristan's full-time job is trying to get Khloe back all the time. And the thing is, then he gets her back, then he screws it up, and then he tries it, and then he's like, time to get back to my full-time job of trying to win her back. The, I'm telling you, this guy's got a sickness like other men where he only gets turned on when he's either hurt Chloe or he's trying to get Chloe back. He doesn't, it doesn't seem like he does good with just having Chloe because he's had Chloe multiple times and he's never happy with it. So it's one of those things and poor true. She's always getting swung, you know, where you're like, mommy, daddy, swing me. And she doesn't seem, I mean, I, I just feel bad. Like she's just always in the middle of getting swung. Um, which also, how does that work when he's so extremely tall? It's, I feel like it's going to elongate her, her anyways we'll keep an eye on that but it just, i get pissed so much uh olivia jade makes first appearance with dancing with the stars and looks to moving forward following college admissions sc- scandal i hate olivia jade not in the sense of i know who she is at all i just hate what she represents she's a certain kind of pop culture that uh we that, that has come to fruition because of youtube and tiktok and things like that where we give our attention to people with no discernible talent. And you'd be like, well, they're really likable. Guess what? So is a lot of my family. Like, I try not to talk to them on a daily basis at all. But um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we give our love away so easily. And it used to be somebody with an extreme talent. We, You know, even, you know, think about boy bands. Like, even, you know, you're like, well, they, they were singing and dancing. That's actually a discernible talent. You had people like Olivia Jade doing YouTube videos of like, this is what it's like to get up for college. And then you find out, like, even with all the wealth and all of these advantages, you know, you're still having to cheat to get into places that people have worked really hard to get into. So it is interesting when then she's positioned on a show like Dancing with the Stars of like taking back her narrative. And I will say, though, to her credit, I did. I was awake for her segment of Dancing with the Stars before I passed out. And she did impress me. I thought uh, I thought she did good dancing. <laughs> That's what we she's she did. all She did the good old dancing. Loved it. Um Let's see here. This is another great Daily Mail story. Kris Jenner rocks leather pants for a sushi date with her toy boy, Corey Gamble, at Nobu Malibu. Kris uh, Jenner is a, you know, one or two times a week at Nobu Malibu. Um, I always love Kris Jenner's fashions. She's another person that is really skirting that line of military wear. You can always tell when a celebrity has gotten either too much money or too much power. They start dressing near military garb. We, of course, saw it with Michael Jackson. But I was even commenting about this last week with the Met Ball. Timothy Chalamet seems like he's starting to dress near military garb. Of course, we had Corey Feldman back in the 80s. But Kris Jenner always wears like a pantsuit. But I feel like in a couple of years, we're going to start seeing medals pop up. You know, like just fake random medals and epaulets on her shoulders. But also, you got to admire somebody like, well, not admire, I'm using the word. You've got to be fascinated with somebody like Corey Gamble, her boyfriend, a much younger boyfriend, which is great. Get yours, Kim. But Corey's like, I'm always here to get that booty. 
I, like he said that on the show. Like it was like it made me not only her kids awkward, but he was like, "I love to get up in that." Mm, 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 can't like, and he was telling the daughters how much he likes to have sex with their mother, and you're just like. Yo, Chris, you take care of the kids. I'm going to take care of you. And that's what he told her. He was like, I'm here to take care of you. And that's got to be nice. But have you ever seen Corey Gamble when he's like on the yacht in Italy? Like they always yacht over the summer and he po- he'll he post dance videos. And I got to say, it's it's not bad. You can just tell he's like, this is the life. And I think he probably does love boning Chris Jenner. Like Chris Jenner is a very attractive lady, but it's like, it's like he only has one job. Like, I don't think Corey Gamble at this point does anything else except pop that booty for Chris Jenner. And so I feel like he's like, I've got like, I feel like he really gives her the attention that she potentially deserves. But like, do you get bonuses for that? Like, how do you get what's the payment structure for popping Chris Jenner's booty? You know, do you guys ever think about that? I I do. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Dua Lipa looks chic in long black gloves and a white dress shirt with on a, on a romantic dinner date in New York with her boyfriend, Anwar Hadid, the Hadid boy. You guys know how I feel like Anwar, as I call him old shovel face. He's wearing a Metallica shirt in this. Now I know Anwar is anti-vax. It could be because of Lyme's disease. Who knows? Um, but I don't like this kid. I've told you from the, I do not like the Hadid boy. I like Gigi and Bella. I do not like Anwar. We, of course, have met Anwar from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when Yolanda, his mom, was on that show. But I just don't, I like Dua Lipa. And it's, I I use, but I will, I've said this many times on the show. This is a couple, though, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, where their significant other brings their stock down. I think, and I hate to say, I'm just, I'm being completely honest. This might be out of pocket, but I... I do not like Dua Lipa as much anymore because of Anwar. And I know that's horrible. You're like, how did that change your music? It doesn't. But the fact that somebody I like as much as Dua Lipa likes Anwar Hadid makes me think me and Dua are not on the same page. I don't know. Anyways. Also, Jojo Siwa makes history on Dancing with the Stars tonight with the first same-sex dance with pro partner Jenna Johnson. Quote, we're going to be inspiring. That's awesome, man. Cool. First, like, lesbian. That, I mean, dope. Oh, this is a good one. We'll end on this one. Amelia Hamlin says, sorry to dad, Harry Hamlin, for rocking a barely there naked dress in London. Quote, it's fashion. And this shot she's referring to, we see both of Amelia Bedelia, Lisa Rinna's offspring, her nips. And the article starts, she's never been the shy type. Like, What? And Amelia Hamlin put it all out there on Sunday, donning a barely there naked dress during London Fashion Week. Though most were wowed by her frock, I was not wowed. The Model 20 was sure to say sorry to Father Harry Hamlin after some suggested he would be scandalized by her next to nude look. He's like, I got to go out and garden by myself because I am so upset about seeing my daughter's nips. Um, She posted a screenshot of their group text where... She wrote to the family group text, sorry for my nipped dad, it's fashion. And Lisa goes, I just saw LOL, it's fashion. And she posts a lot of ends. Her dad has yet to respond, the article points out. Um, 
Sister Delilah Bell Hamlin, or as I call her, not Amelia, 23, was also head over heels for the design, which was by designer Natalia Fedner. Natalia, way to go. Way to let us see Amelia Bedelia's nips. And the picture is fine. Like, her nips are fine. I'm a grown-up. I've seen... I've seen a couple nips in my day. In fact, I have two of them myself. What bothers me about the picture, and you guys got to see this picture yourselves, whatever is happening in her eyebrow region, it's like they, it's like her eyebrows went to Ash Wednesday at Catholic Church. Like they just look all, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not even paying attention to those nips. I'm up there at the brows, like going, what is, it's like a caveman thing. You guys got to see the picture and you'll know what I'm talking about. But Amelia is on, of course, a full uh, press assault right now. You're going to see her name continually pop up, as you have in the last couple of weeks, because of the breakup with Scott Disick. So it's important for her to get out there and to show that she is doing great. Uh, So, Amelia Bedelia, we are proud of you. We're proud of those nips. Sorry, Harry. Let's take care of those brows. Let's wipe that brow off. And uh, that is the Bailey Mail. That was fun, wasn't it, folks? Um, thank you so much, you guys. I hope you have the best time with this conversation, because I sure did. Uh, watch what crappens. Ben Mandelker, Ronnie Karam, legends, legends, legends. Here they are, and I'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Bye. You guys, you know, with this podcast, I like to focus on up and coming podcasts. And we've got two guys here today that I am so, you got to pay attention to these guys. They are ones to watch. Um, You don't actually, they are the best there is. This is like the Grateful Dead of Bravo podcast. They cover everything so brilliantly. And they are really, uh, to me, the Mount Rushmore, two of the faces on all of podcasting of Bravo, but just insanely funny. And I always say this to people, just insanely, insanely nice. This is like a make a wish moment for me to have both of them oh on at the same. No, no, God. screw that. No, no, I don't care. I can say this. You like, you guys have d- done this forever and you're brilliant every day and that's it. So everybody watch what crappens. Ben Mandelker, Ronnie Karam, welcome back to the show. Oh, oh hey. Thank you. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. Nicest, I'm, yeah, that was so good. I'm going to replay um, that every night before I go to sleep. Me too. <laughs> hey, Ben. What's up? I just think you're great. You're so brilliant. More. More. I'm the Grateful Dead and the Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Um, I guess uh, the first question is, how threatened right now are you? This past Sunday, Mary announced she has a podcast from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. How do you feel that? Do you when somebody announces like I feel like that's a gauntlet thrown down? Yeah, it's it's scary because we feel like we're doing pretty well. But um. But she's on a very she's on the Jesus network, as in like Jesus is distributing her podcast specifically. And that's it's really hard to compete with Jesus and his numbers. Well, speak for yourself, (laughs) because my first thought was, bitch, you're not the only one with Jesus on your side. Well, that's what I mean. Also, like Jesus to like to to name check Jesus and to say, like, pretty much Jesus will kick your ass if you come for me. Like, that's so like, do you think she approves that with Jesus beforehand? Because I feel like that's like copyright issues or something like like anybody else in the Bible would have worked for that, you know, because like the Bible, (laughs) the Bible really is full of pox and vengeance. You know, there's a lot of like, I'll send a burning bush after you, you know, I'll send like leprosy after you, your penis will fall off something. (laughs) But Jesus, like you can't send Jesus after people. I I felt like I'm Jewish. So maybe I don't understand all the subtleties of Jesus, but I feel like saying I'm going to send Jesus after you. It sounds like Jesus has like a 
uh, like a machete and he's just ready to attack anyone who comes for Mary. I'm like, is that what Jesus stands for? Well, well you very picture, Old Testament. Yeah, it's that's like Jesus with a six pack and like just ripped and like no, you almost hot. picture him with like a gun or something too. Yeah. Like, wow. Jesus, um, Jesus didn't do that. He drank wine. He gave people fish sandwiches and he fasted his ass off. <laughs> Even when they crucified him, he didn't do anything. He was like, okay, you know, he's like, forgive them. You know, they don't know what they don't know who they're crucifying. It's like it is like, a very <laughs> threat. But but Mary did nail how a podcast starts. Is that you pretty no much pun intended? No, I no know pun no pun intended. intended. Jesus, sorry. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> Jesus, shout out. Um, but she nailed it. Like podcasts really do start with you just talking to mannequins. Like that's what that's like. <laughs> yes. I feel she nailed it. You know, and they well, continue that way. You know, yeah. and you do you do solo podcasting, which is cray cray. I, I mean, Ben went to the restroom the other day, and we were doing a, a live. Well, not live, but we were recording over YouTube, right? And so I just kept talking, and it was really hard. I mean, I made it I think, <laughs> six minutes, and I was it exhausted. Was a- I was sick of hearing myself. It was, it was really unfortunate uh, the amount of food I'd eaten the night before because it really, in the end, it was Ronnie who was the, one who was the well, true you, victim of that situation. <laughs> you guys do have each other, though, because sometimes if I do a solo one, I'll get so ridiculous that I immediately get ashamed of myself. And then there's mm. nobody there to like bounce off of or laugh or say that's too far or something. And yeah. it's like, it must be nice. I mean, for so many reasons to have each other, but I got to imagine it's just like, that's what feeds your energy is each other. And that's what people are so drawn to, you know, it's, it's yeah. really good. Um, when, you start a joke and then you realize you don't know where to take the joke and you, you have a partner who can just like save you, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's almost like we're both just terrible trapeze artists. And at any given moment, like one of us is the safety net and one of us, although Ronnie actually always lands his joke. It's basically just me. I just need the Ronnie safety net and I'm no, just, I'm constantly jumping for the trapeze and I'm uh, falling no, into Ronnie's arms. Yeah. We're both, we're both not really great finishers. We'll start. We'll both start. <laughs> All you need is a start, though. That's all you need. Podcasting is not about finishing anyways. There's no no period on a podcast. Um, To get some business out of the way first, um, the the question that everybody will always ask you guys is, when is the live touring coming back? Um, uh, I'm imagining 2022 for you guys, but uh, I would love to announce a specific date right now just to get some numbers on this podcast. I I wish we could tell you, but we have to hold off a little bit longer. There's... There's stuff that, you know, like there's contracts, there's, there's stuff that has to like business, business stuff, like Lisa Vanderpump business stuff that has to be kind of like <laughs> dotted lines, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is finishing to... Caesar's palace. We're going to have a tour palace. inside yeah. of Nicolai... another tour. Inside <laughs> of another... He's designing yeah. a giant clock for us to bring on the stage. <laughs> so <laughs> once that's done, we can announce, but we are going to announce it as soon. We thought we we're going to be able to announce it uh, this coming week, but we're not able to. So we're going to announce it as don't you worry. You will definitely hear. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, 2022 but there's so much shit always going on like it just never freaking stops it's like okay now everybody can kind of go to covid but then you have to have a vaccination for the COVID. but then you don't have to have a vaccination for the COVID. but then there's another covid there's a woo covid Ooh, it's like the new woo COVID. well my like, my friend oh. Nicki minaj says your balls get really huge if you get yeah. the vaccine so just girl then my... i must have gotten that shit when i was born <laughs> we had we had actually booked Nicki minaj to to be our house band for all of our shows, but unfortunately she's not allowed because she hasn't gotten the vaccine. So sorry. And guys. that's her law. She needed this too. I mean, she needed that. Um, uh, yeah. So live shows will come back, but I, I remember 
I was at your crappy awards two years ago before COVID hit. It was like the, the Christmas yes. before COVID hit. And I had never seen anything like that. The kind of energy where I was like at one moment, halfway through the show, I was like, do they bolt down the chairs? Cause <laughs> at some point you just pictured like ladies, like with chairs over their head, like planet of the apes, like, cause it was so insane. Like you guys are like circus masters. And I had never seen a group of people have that much fun in what, like, it was like so much. I mean, it was just, palpable the energy you know it was uh, yeah our shows are, are definitely a trip They're well i think it helps that we really promote alcoholism on our show <laughs> like, yeah. yeah we're really big about just like being drunk and having a party and man people really come and party i'm mean, it's yeah. it's taken a while just to recover from that we're talking about like okay if we start this soon How's that going to work? <laughs> like, like yeah, you, everything. You, is your body able to? Years. Is your body able to tour again? Like you got. I mean, like you to be like have to. I always worry about like people like when Carl says he went dry on Summer House. You know, like I hate that. My initial reaction was like, oh no, that's like yeah. all of he's us not were. Be yeah. Listen, um, we we will make the sacrifice. We will we will we will drink the drinks. But you know what? Um, it's kind of funny. Because one of my favorite little anecdotes. Ronnie's probably sick of me telling this one because I this is like my favorite thing of all time. Is that when we uh performed in Dallas, we performed at the Texas Theater, which famously is where Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested. All after right. you know, and yeah. so we performed there. This is a theater that's been around since like the twenties or maybe the tens, nineteen tens, twenties, thirties, whatever. It's like decades old. And we performed there and they told us that we broke, our audience broke the single night record for alcohol sales. And I was like, <laughs> this is what I love. About, like, this is a crap. I, this is like such a huge feather in the cap that here's this storied movie theater. That's part of American history. And it's two big things are Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested and Walter Crackens <laughs> broke the record love, for most alcohol sales. Your audience might grow with you in the sense of like, when I started seeing Ronnie and Ben, I was drinking beer, but now I've moved up to hard alcohol. <laughs> it's really great. It's, it's, I mean, it's, but what's, what's really cool is that like, everyone's very, like everyone has a good time. Yeah. It's not like some like bar room brawl and, and it's, well. it's I'm so excited to, to see it again to go i mean it's got to be but tour. was there ever any kind of trepidation or like when you guys started doing uh covid shows like just on like was there a learning curve with that of like bringing the we never did it we, we haven't never done did a it show. no no we i were... mean like just just not doing the live shows at all did that kind of bring well, you down like did that like dampen your spirits for a while before you were able to like or was it pretty easy uh to to switch everything over and not do the live shows well, it's much easier to not to not just because you're <laughs> you're at home all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to get up and go anywhere. So that made it a lot easier. It it's also you know it makes it easier having an audience with a comedy thing because it makes you feel so good that your energy is like, and when you're don't have that anymore. Yeah, I mean it it is harder not having anybody like cracking up, you know. Except yeah. then, you know, and you have when, to work for that. It's not like that just comes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to be fair, also when COVID hit and we had to we basically had to postpone a whole bunch of shows. We had been at that point touring very aggressively for many months. So, it was actually not the worst thing in the world to be like, "Oh, I can take a break, I can be home for a weekend." Yeah for yeah. many, many, many weekends. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was, it was, it actually was in certain ways. It was, a, it was nice to have a, a little break, but that being said, I think like what Ronnie said, that feedback from the audience, when people are just like, 
you hear like laughs in person laughs is really intoxicating. And people are there for you. Like, it's like, it's like, nobody's like there to heckle you. People are there to laugh with you. And like, that's like the coolest thing where you're like, I mean, I just, it's, that is such a really cool energy. Um, but it, um, the last thing I wanted to, before we can get to some really, really fun stuff in terms of making fun of Lisa Rinna, um, uh, <laughs> the, the Spotify green room, if you guys don't know, I think Spotify just started this new uh, app that you can download where you can actually do, you're doing a live show called take a seat, right? It's on, is it on Mondays? Yeah. It's Mondays at seven o'clock on the West coast and 10 o'clock on the East coast. And so you guys host a a live talk show every Monday for Spotify. Yeah. So basically we just get on there and talk shit. And we thought, what are we going to do? Cause we're so used to having Greek app notes in front of us, you know? So I was a little nervous at first, but it was really, really fun and easy. And you can talk to the people in the room, you know, bring people up. And so they were all really funny. They all did a really good job. And that's another thing about this. Like we found out touring and meeting people. So many of the listeners are really, really funny and their opinions are really like, it's not, it's not your standard kind of when you go on the Facebook Bravo page and read the comments and they're like racist, horrible trolls a lot of times. You know, <laughs> I mean, like scary, like I've, I've gotten like scared reading comments where I'm like, oh God, I've got to shut my phone off. Like this is well, scary. Yes, I know. Like, did they worm their way into my phone? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I get scary. And there's, I guess, different sects of like Bravo fans, not sex sects s-e-c-t-s yes yes Yes. there's different bravo neighborhoods okay (laughs) and we and all you know like you and our friends that we've made doing this we're all like kind of sarcastic fun fun neighborhood i guess um so that (laughs) makes it a lot easier doing something like take a seat because you know you're just talking to your friends really Yeah. yeah and it's also fun for us because with our podcast our whole thing is that we recap shows beat by beat and we will, we make fun of them as we go along. We will, you know, sometimes, you know, take a moment to sort of like analyze the situation or weigh in, but it's really about recapping and making jokes as we go along. And so what's nice about take a seat for us is that we can sort of just, it's more conversational. We can, we can kind of, we don't have to worry about this happened and this happened and this happened. We can kind of just like talk about things as a whole, the things that we thought were really funny um, and we're also not hemmed in only with Bravo, although we're not only hemmed in on our podcast either, but we are like, we, we had our, our premiere episode. We talked almost entirely about Bravo, but you know, going forward, we say it's like a pop culture show with a Bravo slant. So we will be talking mostly about Bravo, but we'll talk about other pop culture stuff. So that's going to be cool too, to sort of branch out a little bit beyond, um, the network. So you guys go download that Spotify green room app. I'm going to go check it out this Monday, but it really sounds like a really cool thing to do. And I love Spotify personally. Um, but you guys, even on your regular show, you just did a dear Evan Hansen trailer breakdown, yes. which by the way, that, that has inspired me as an older man to go back to uh, high school. I was like, so this is about a 40 year old man that goes back to high school. Like this is cool. Um, uh mm-hmm. So in terms of Bravo, where would you say we are right now from where you started to where you are, where we are now? It feels like Bravo has gone on like, like major steroids. Like, where do you feel like if you could, where you started to where you are now, if you could watch like an episode of Beverly Hills or Salt Lake, what would you think? That's a tough question. 
Wait, like, so how does, how has Bravo changed or like, well, like or just think? like, can you believe the insanity? Like we're almost getting near like murder mysteries now during seasons yeah. where we're like with the Erica Jane stuff, we're like, do we solve the crime at the end of the season? Like what happens? Like there's well, this it, added element, you know, it feels, you know, it felt a couple of years ago. I was telling Ben, how much longer can this last? Honestly? <laughs> I mean, housewives have been out. It's been over a day, de- well over a decade now. Right. And everything is in a cycle. Everything's cyclical. So it seems like, okay, that's over. Now what's next, right? So it's like always looking around for what the next thing is. And like, oh my God, am I going to have to wait tables? Like, again, (laughs) what was happening? But it just keeps going. Like, it's amazing. And these housewives shows, I mean, there were a couple of points, well, really over the whole the whole time of it but in the past couple of years there have been a couple of low points okay i mean orange county was not just covid infected that started that decline started <laughs> happening long before covid and then mm-hmm. vanderpump rules had it's not great season and there were so many things that were like oh this is over right because people are online like fuck that i'm not watching that anymore which by the way is just a thing that Bravo watchers say to themselves because I know fun. I'm like, it's like I'm never, by the way, you can do the shittiest season ever. <laughs> I am still going to want, like, I don't even bother saying anything like that. I love people that are like, I'm dipping on OC. I'm like, I'll, I don't like it, but I'm going to continue to watch it. Yeah, I'm a masochist. Right. I'll, I'll watch it until it's dead. Well, it, was, you know? it was funny because last year, uh, heading into, uh, like August or so when orange County and Southern charm were coming back, there were tons of people online saying how I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in this. I'm not going to support these shows. And those shows had our highest numbers. Okay. So like people (laughs) definitely still watch them. Right. Um, But I think, you know, I think one thing that would strike me uh, if I were like from when we started 10 years ago, I think it's something that might strike me is like the glam level that's gone up. I've ranted about the glam squads. I'm not going to rant about the glam squads for the millionth time, but what I will say is, like they they really do now go all out with the fashion on some not unlike Beverly Hills and New York, not obviously Orange County. Orange County, they're like going out on fashion. Orange County is like they found shout out Gina, shout out. <laughs> yeah, it's like Gina found a gather sign. That's but um, but I, I think like the sort of like production value in certain ways has has gone up a lot over the past. 10 years. And I also think, you know, I've been recently, I've been reflecting a lot about the Jill Zarin, um, oh, Bethany York. Frankel yeah. fight and how we all were really on Bethany's side. And now in retrospect, if you think back on it, like the issue is that Bethany, like Bobby had cancer and Bethany didn't even visit him. And that's actually like a really bad thing. And how nowadays I think that um, like we all kind of got uh, rid of Jill. Don't and- you try and lump me in with the team Jill? Hell no! Wow. I'm still wow, Ron- team Ronnie Bethany and Banner on that Jill. season. Wow. No, I'm still team Bethany just for that season. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. To no, I guess uh, no. But what I'm saying though is that uh, I don't think that Jill Zarin nowadays would have necessarily been kind of like railroaded out of Bravo the same way as she was earlier on. You know, yeah. I think we've had bigger monsters now. Yeah, but it, it is interesting how she, Jill Zarin especially, she really has been railroaded out. Like now it's like a like a Susan Lucci thing where it's part of Bravo of Jill Zarin wanting to come back on a show and not yes. being able to come back on a the show. Thirst. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's, thirst. It's, it's like part of the charm of Bravo. Um, <laughs> they but, just won't let Jill back in. You yeah. know, but for as much as people say they hate people like Jill Zarin or even Vicky Gunvalson, people still talk about them a lot. Everything that Vicky does becomes news. It gets 
shared on every Facebook group. And I'm, you know, Vicky is truly an, a, a terrible, awful person. But the truth <laughs> is that people are fascinated by her. They like every single thing she does, people are, are tweeting about. So I think there's something to be well, said about that's that. That's it. Is that, you know, is that uh, I really railroad Lisa Rinna every week. I, I, I feel like Carol Channing would say like, it's too much, Lisa. It's too much. Like, cause she'll even like last <laughs> night with like the talking head, she said something and then she threw in, like, she'll always throw in of like, ha, like she just throws in a, oh, she's out of got nowhere. this new and she keeps upping it every year. You know, yes. I mean, it went from laughing at herself to literally now being like, ah! <laughs> uh, she added, she added a new laugh this season, which I think is funny. She goes, <laughs> it's like a bird. It's like a bird that's been shot and it's slowly going down. Well, it was like when she found that fucking bell two weeks ago, I was like, she Lisa Rinna is like the carrot top of Bravo all of a sudden. And it yes. was like, your laugh is a bell. It's a clarion call and you do not need another. And like, I just picture her in that damn garage where she keeps all her clothes. You know, it's like her little <laughs> troll lair. Yes. And she's yeah. just like laughing and all that stuff. And like last night, Harry Hamlin, I don't even think he booked a movie role. I think he made up. He got a Tom Brokaw role just to get the fuck out of there. You know, that is you're right, because that is literally the most like uh, you're on. Like, why are you going to Canada? The, the most caught on the spot excuses. I got a movie role. He's like clearly doing the usual stuff. He's like looking at things on the wall and creating a story. Like there's like a picture, like there's a know, broken like thing. He's like broke, broke car. Yes, that did sound weird to me too. I was like, does somebody eat Tom Broke on this movie? What the fuck is Ridley Scott doing on yeah, this? It's Gladiator with Tom. And then did you see Kyle when Harry goes? He sometimes goes high with his voice and sometimes he goes low. And Kyle goes, oh, my God, you did it. Like, like Kyle, it was like a magic trick. He, like, she was so amazed. Kyle I, being I, around <laughs> a real actor. I mean, there's just so much to love, isn't there? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Beverly Hills, we have, like, these grand plot lines with Erica Jane. But still, even if you took out the Erica Jane, I feel like this season works on so many levels because we're. I, I really am invested in each one of those ladies, even Lisa Rinna. And part of these shows that I like is hating somebody. Like I really like to dislike people, you know? Well, you yeah, know what's funny? Like we were just saying, yes. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. Negativity we were... is the way to go. Positive people are miserable. Have you noticed that? Positive people are the ones who break down the worst in any mm -hmm. situation and freak out. It's the negative people who are really the most positive people. And I stand by that. And that's why these shows give us such an outlet because it's like you can focus your anger at all the jerks in real life because they're all personified on these shows just in, you know, more expensive weed. Hey guys, we'll be back to folks. Summer is just around the corner. So it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Watch what crappens in a second. We got to sell some soap. Guys, these are the ads I was speaking about, and we have two ads, two companies that have been with me before, and this first one, they are, this is the second time they've been with us, and I love this product, and I love this company. It's Osea. So it is so difficult, you guys, to find clean skincare products that are good for your skin and the planet but also give you the results you want. So luckily, Osea has been making products that do just that for over 25 years. And when it comes to clean beauty, Osea is the pioneer. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers. Now, I'm going to mansplain to all of you ladies what all of these products are. No, it's so funny. I told you about these guys, this company a couple weeks ago when they first uh, were on and they actually did an onboarding call with me where they went through and explained all of the products and sent me the products. And then I talked to my female friends, uh, my friend Megan, my friend um, Rebecca, and you know, my friend Rebecca actually already uses these products, but I realize how important it as it is to actually have a skincare regime. And I know you ladies already have yours, but I think that this actually might be a product that you might want to add to it. So Osea is actually known for creating amazing body products as well, like their famous Undaria Algae Body Oil. So the Undaria Algae Body Oil is amazing. Uh, I use it myself now, and it leaves my skin feeling clean and rich not sticky or oily, and especially you guys, after I've been sick, this is a product that has actually made me feel better because I felt so gross, like a slug on a rug, and it was horrible. So I know what you're thinking. Body oil? If you've been using body lotion for years, you might be a little wary of body oils. But let me tell you, I'm a convert. It soaks in easily, and it has this really kind of amazing citrus smell, And uh, I actually, I can even smell this because remember I had COVID over the holidays and it took a majority of my smell away. I can actually smell this and I can't tell you how soft and smooth my skin feels after I put it on. In fact, if you see me in public, say, Ryan, can I feel your skin? And I will let you feel the smoothness, the silkiness of my skin. So Osea's products are clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainability-sourced seaweed, and made in California. And also, there's a motorcycle that's driving right outside my house. But also, listen to that. Clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainability-sourced seaweed, and made in good old California. Those are so many important things right there. Vegan and cruelty-free is huge. Climate neutral, I mean, that's what we've got to be doing in the future. And this is a company that supports all of this. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. So experience your new favorite clean skincare line with a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code SOGOOD. Finally, a company has not used so bad, they've used so good as our promo code. That's S-O-G-O-O-D at O-S-E-A Malibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You are going to want it all. Go to O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com and use code SOBAD. 
Hell yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, you guys. And also, this podcast is a uh, sponsored by, um, proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, goals are so important. And this is something that you can actually talk about your therapist with. Um, it's important to actually have somebody that you can actually speak out loud your experience of life, of what you're trying to accomplish, of what you're trying to get through, of what is holding you back. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And let me be clear, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. So there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. In fact, I get so many people now that like will DM me or email and they're listening like, like Belgium, Italy. And I'm just like, whoa, but also you could actually use this service there. You can log into your account anytime and you can send a message to your therapist. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And financial aid is available. Those are two huge things. We should not have to ever be priced out of getting help. And BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for So Bad It's Good listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S O B A D. You guys, that is the commercials for the week. I, I was just saying on the podcast, we we wrapped up our recording of, of our the recap of the episode right before this. And I was just saying the same thing that like this season, I said I heard it from someone, some I was echoing what someone said online. Maybe it was you, Ryan, that um what's nice about this season is that it's not just one storyline. There's actually a few yeah. different things happening. Was it you? Did you say it? Did I did I reference oh, I, you? I, no, I'm probably probably not, but I mean I'll yeah, say but, I, I, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, yes. that there's like a multi-dimensionality, if that's even a word, to this season. It is now. Thank yeah. you. It yeah. is yeah. now. <laughs> but and I don't know why. I, I, I don't know what caused that to happen i think part of it must have been i think casting i think getting rid of teddy and bringing in crystal was good i think sudden we last season we both called it that sudden was like what this franchise needed i think sudden is that sort of um she can't help but be herself she's sort of like a wild card and sometimes if you have someone in there she sort of is a disruptor so whatever whatever sort of facade they're trying to have if you have someone who kind of can't even do the facade because she's going to get too neurotic and get into her own head that kind of helps break these sort of like walls of self-production that have been up for the past yeah. few seasons, you know? 
Do you think, though, um, Erica Jane, like I always feel like they uh, not self-producing, but in a way they're misjudging some of these ladies on how they think the audience is going to perceive them. Oh, so yeah. I feel like Erica Jane, especially with Sutton, like it's like she knows she thinks Sutton is the weakest one. So she's just pummeling her like a narc at a biker rally, you know, where it's like and and Sutton's just like, I'll say, I'll say I did not. I do not approve of that, Erica. You know, yeah. it's like. Um, yeah, they do it every year. They go on Twitter. They figure out, you know, that's why Lisa Renna's being so laid back this year and not, well, she wouldn't attack Renna or Erica anyway, but even when she's mad, she's just like sitting back on the couch because she was such a villain last year that she's trying to recoup this year, you know, and they read, they read online, they try to adjust and they get it wrong every single time. I mean, I remember when uh, Erica first came on the show, we were talking to someone on that cast and they were saying, you know, we thought she was a dud. I mean, she didn't say anything when she showed up. She, If you watch all the group scenes, Erica doesn't say shit ever. Mm-hmm. She just shows up in a crazy outfit and just kind of sits there, maybe makes one or two comments. Everything she did was Mikey written in the producer room. She's and like so- Elton John without the songs. She's just <laughs> costumes, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, without the talent. So she, <laughs> She's no basically the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, the show's edited and she becomes a fan. And then suddenly everybody's kissing her ass from that moment on. Like suddenly Erica was Mm -hmm. somebody that they gave some respect to because she got it online, you know, and it lasted for a little while. But this year, I think they just planned on Erica being this huge victim and they stuck with it. And then once Mm -hmm. the show started to air and they're doing their testimony, their diary room sessions now or recently, at least they're trying to amend but it's a little bit yes late, guys yeah and, and you know i was talking to a friend uh and he had a really good take on this which was that basically it is that um that intense self-production which has caused this scenario because basically because erica has self-produced so hard over the past several seasons and we didn't really get to know her or she kept all these things behind this case this this law case is the crumbling of all that and they're kind of having to reckon with that and trying to figure that all out and i also think there's something to be said for garcelle because garcelle i firmly believe came into the season really for a paycheck i don't think she likes really any of them except for sudden she clearly can't stand them all and so she has actually been the one to be like "Mm, fuck you like literally saying fuck you fuck you fuck you but like when they are kind of doing their fakey fake thing she's the one to be like um you, you that's not what you said last night she kind of is um, she's kind of like not letting them simply just exist in their, right. in their, in their, their delusion. Yeah. Their delusion. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, it is, it's fascinating to me. I mean, the, you need the Sutton and Garcelle uh, team and people try to lump Crystal in with that, even though I feel Crystal's on the other side with yeah, Kyle and all the, of those ladies. She's on the cheerleader side. She's sort of like in sure. the middle somewhere, yeah. but leading Centrist, towards yeah. trending Kyle. She's a trending. friend of Teddy, okay? Don't ever trust. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I really like Crystal. And then I, I read that one thing and I can't shake it. Like I, I like Crystal on the screen, but I can't shake that I Teddy can't either. Because I I'm can't like, either. to me, it's so obvious with Teddy is just like a non-factor. And it's that person that wants to be included so much. And the fact, and that's when, you know, the Fox Force five are so dilute, you know, it's like, eventually they're going to have to part with Teddy and Teddy's going to like get hurt, you know? But right. Crystal's also friends with Kathy Hilton, which is cool. But so Kathy Hilton's kind of- friends with like, like banisters, Literally. clocks, like she's like dogs, like I yes. mean, Michael Jackson. I think she's, I think she's like one of those Leah yeah. Black types that like Leah one time was, I said, who is that guy? And she said, 
oh, he was my Uber driver. Really liked him, so I invited him over. You know, it's like that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you'll you'll be talking to someone, thinking, oh my god, I wonder what studio this guy runs. He's like, oh, I'm the checkout guy at the Ross Dress for Less. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't you guys Kathy's take Leah Black to literally... Ross for the first time? <laughs> yeah. Ronnie did. Oh, and Target. Well, it wasn't her first time at Target, but that was funny. But um, yeah. I think Kathy's one of those types who's just like, oh, I love your bakery. Want to come to my Christmas party? <laughs> but, but by the way, like she, like the little dollop you get of Kathy Hill, like people are like, oh, Kathy's losing me this week. I'm like, what are you, I mean, I don't want to have her have a main plot line. I want her to be this like kind of accoutrement to the, the yeah. meal and have her be wacky and weird. But at the same time, there's this emotional uh really beautiful emotional thing with Kyle and her and that relationship. I kind of like did like tear up a little bit when they were at the TV trays. Well, no, I did. Come Ryan. On. I, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm manopausing this month. It's like not a, it's. Yeah. Get strep throat. It's okay. You, you know what? Uh, you didn't care that they hadn't talked for no, that long. Kyle's a goddamn villain. Okay. Kathy, <laughs> is, Kathy is only hedging her bets because Kyle is worth a hundred million dollars now. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, Kathy, ahead, I was going to say, Kathy is best in a friend of role, because I think that if you were to go and if you wanted to get a full fledged housewife out of her, then I don't I think that she's not going to give herself over the way we would need her to. I mean, she didn't really even give over her dining room like that. I think it came out that 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 dinner party was not even in her dining room. I, yeah, she I, had a claw machine, which we yeah, didn't I saw notice. the claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, somebody pointed like that out to me. I was like, holy it's shit. like her game room or something. Yeah, she's not going to do. I don't think that she. I think that we, we would be gilding the lily if we made her a full on housewife. I think as a friend of who comes in, oh. it's perfect. Cause yeah, you don't want her to like talk, like have Paris Hilton come in and talk about how they had sent her off to that camp as a kid. Like, you know, like there's like dark things. In you Kathy see, Hilton's I was going to bring that up too. And I go back and forth with her. A, I don't trust when someone's that popular right off the bat. Never. There's always something wrong. Every I've learned that from all of these shows. There's always something there. Now then on the other and then, you know, there was, her saying like, oh, you know, if Sutton had pulled that crap in front of anybody else, she would have been out of this town or whatever. I was like, fuck <laughs> off, lady. But then, you know, there's the other side. People come down on her for that sending Paris Hilton to the camp or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what was, you know, like, well, I mean, Paris she was, was kind of a monster. Yeah, I was like, she was so, a parent. She, I mean, it didn't turn out well for Paris. Her but daughter she was like, she was off, like doing coke everywhere and like doing crazy shit. So what do you do? So I go back and forth. I'm like, do I really love her or do I not trust her yet? I really don't know, but I'm keeping my jury out because I just suspect that there's got to be something just awful there. <laughs> do you think Rick Hilton knows that Kathy's on the show? Like it always seems like he's never he not. he's he never not. around. And I I met Rick Hilton once, like 15 years ago, and I was like working at this nightclub, and him and Kathy pulled up, and they pulled up in a fire lane, and he like <laughs> he just went out and like kind of threw his keys at me, and I wasn't a valet, or it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even a valet area. He was just like, actually was, giving you a car. I was outside smoking a cigarette at the time, and he just threw me the keys, and I didn't no, know. Oh, yeah, and so he like, funny. and then he just kind of stumbled into the 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 step and repeat for like this dog event, and it was the most, and it always stuck with me because. I didn't really know. I mean, I knew of the Hiltons, but I was like, Rick just seems so confused. And I was just like, I would love to see that energy. Well, they say he's a big dodo bird. They say both of them are just kind of bimbos, right? Because we read parts of that uh, House of Hilton. Hilton. And he's described as just being kind of the dumb one of the family. 
Yeah, that's how I got my first Bentley. He just threw me the keys. <laughs> yeah, he just took it. He just drove Kathy around for a year. Um, now, Ronnie, I know you're uh, in Austin uh, and Ben is in Los Angeles. So I know you don't know this, Ronnie, but it is uh, snowing in Pasadena today. Mm. And it's very, there is a nip in the air. And there I is. Yeah. I was late earlier because I had flipped my car five times and I had have glaucoma. So I had to go get an eye surgery, yeah. but I made it here. And then my son came ankle? and checked. It's uh, I chose to operate on my brain instead, but okay. um, well, good but, choice. That was actually the best choice made on Bravo this week. Well, it's, I mean, because the brain over the ankle. <laughs> is this Mad Libs? Like, what's happening <laughs> with the amount of? And I hate that we're at a point where we're like, like, and I. By the way, the women of Bravo fans, like, like PK makes sense two episodes in a row, and people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> horny for PK. One. I'm so horny for like people immediately <laughs> sexualize PK when they agree with them two episodes in a row. Like, do you I notice know. that? Yeah, suddenly you want all, suddenly you want like a jar of Crisco inside of you. I'm sure. And that's, <laughs> I know that's what people. Like, I didn't potato. know they were hot for him though. And oh that's yeah, what I was people were like saying about he... Kathy Hilton. I was going to bring him up too. Like this sudden PK is like a hero now. Okay, PK has had a good couple of episodes, but PK's whole. They still in that house. That is not their house. They are burglars. Those two. I'm not falling well, for a damn thing. We get a throwaway joke last night of. Hey, I lost $2 billion for people. <laughs> like he literally bragging about losing a vast amount of wealth for other people. And right. he, I mean, that's. But he calls it a victimless crime. I mean, that really pissed me off too. It's like, that's not, he's not victim. His crimes are not victimless crimes. That's ridiculous. But that's why he knows Erica's full of shit. Cause he's a criminal too. Yeah. Yeah, his point isn't that she's a criminal. He's actually trying to stick up for her. He's saying, I believe Tom was so controlling that Tom was the one who's telling her what to do or whatever. He's kind of giving her an out there. He's just saying, you know, get better, you know, be better on Twitter. (laughs) This is basically Bravo's (laughs) version of Silence of the Lambs, right? This is like PKS Hannibal Lecter. He's like, I'll get you inside the mind of a con artist, okay? (laughs) Like, I'll have some fava beans with Yanti and some tartar sauce, please. Do you think, um, I mean, speaking of Eric, I mean, why, what would possess you if you were to go, is it just pure ego, which is why we love these ladies, but it destroys them at the same time. Is that why Erica Jane is hitting the social media so hard of like, like, why do we have to keep seeing pictures of her butthole from different years? Like that's all she posts, but like, what, what is the thought process? Do you guys think behind that? Because even if she has nothing to do with this, why not chill for the time being? Yeah. I think that, um, this, I think, this is where PK is really shining, okay? He's really shining with this advice because she should she should not be doing that. Um, and it's not coming from, like, a slut-shamey place of, like, oh, wow, she's in trouble, and so she's going to be posting half-naked. Like, it's not about posting half-naked. It's about, like, you should be creating a new image for yourself. You should be, like, leaving that behind, and then, like, she should be having, like, a... I think it should be like Chip and Joanna. You mentioned, or Ronnie mentioned them earlier. Jesus like it, told me. Jesus yeah. told me I she need another season. Magnolia living with Erica Jane. That should be her vibe. Making quinoa salads. Like, I love, this is my new life. Like, that should right. be her vibe. The fact that she actually is, is, is really, seems to be doubling down on her whole her whole pop star image. It's actually kind of, it's just, it's, um, well, her it's a story is, I think her story, I think what she's doing is her story is she knew nothing. She was victimized as well because she was living a lie with a man who was emotionally abusive. Cause that's what she was setting up at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she was setting up this lifetime movie for herself where she's just the wife who doesn't find out until 
um, an hour and 15 minutes into the Rob Lowe movie that <laughs> Rob Lowe is bad. He's a bad person. And then she's trying to stick with this whole thing and be a badass. Like, you can't bring me down because she's a victim of all the public, right? The public's like pitchforks, you know, and tar, tar and feathers or whatever. And she's like, oh, you're coming for me. You can't touch me, you peons. And I think in her mind, she's presenting a, a, a hero's tale, right? Compromising. Right. She's come back from the the abusive, and I said that in quote marks, abusive husband, and she was wrong, just like these victims were wronged by being lied to him. And she's this is she's thinking like she's doing this big hero piece. And it's like, hein, read the yeah. comments, girl. She's almost doing it almost sounds like she's trying to follow Rihanna's path. Because when everything went down with Rihanna and Chris Brown, you know, Rihanna came back with that album. Was it rated R? I think it was rated R where her first song was like, well, she had that song um, that was like Russian roulette or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, a, she was like, she's, it was like an angry album. Like you can try it. She had that song hard. And it was just like, it was kind of like, you can try to, it, it was a, it was a triumphantly, like you tried to take me down, but I'm triumphing kind of vibe. And it worked for Rihanna, but Rihanna also like, sort of went away for a moment. It's obviously also a very, very different story. Um, but we have talent. <laughs> we have talent. Ben, I'm about to pass out. Did you literally just compare <laughs> Erica Jane to Rihanna? Like, no, no, I'm saying that Erica story. Jane is probably co- trying to compare herself to Rihanna. I think she was okay, trying okay. to sort of follow that, that kind of same thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the fucking survivor. But the problem is that like, we were all on Rihanna's side and I don't think people are really on Erica's side. And she seems to be misjudging that she seems, she needs to have like a moment of like chill. And um, yeah, I think she's just misjudging. I think maybe like Mikey Minden is giving her PR advice. That's I mean, Mikey Minden wrote all of those horrible talking headlines throughout all of her seasons. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you just, they don't land anymore. And you realize, Oh, it, it really was all this facade, but not in this great performance art way. It was just like, everybody's like, Oh, she created the Erica Jane character. No, it was created for her. And it was kind of cool, but like, like let's stop being gaslit. She's not lady Gaga. It's not like we're waiting for her Joanne album or like, could you imagine she does an acoustic album after this? Like <laughs> I want to tell my story, but you can't be a survivor when there's actual survivors of this bullshit, you know? Yeah, but that's what cracks me up about the fandom, too, because from the very beginning, it's like, oh, OK, so your husband's rich. So he's just buying you this career. Right. And her whole thing is like, well, he didn't buy me shit. I did everything myself. I'm a number one artist on iTunes or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, now we're seeing all the paperwork or a lot of it. And of course, he was she wasn't getting paid for anything. He was paying for these clubs to book her. They were flying everybody around, paying for all this. But we knew that it's all on screen. But we really do believe, I think, as as a fandom, speaking for the fandom as a whole, I think everybody does just swallow all the horse shit they give us because people are shocked. <laughs> They're like, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> but they said that Erica Jane was a huge star in dance clubs. It's like, oh my God. Well, it came out yeah. that she was paying the dance clubs to perform at the dance clubs. Of like, that's exactly. What's... And I who mean... do you think's buying all these singles on iTunes? For, uh, you know, Tom Girardi. Tom yes. Girardi owns a million copies of Expensive. Yes, yes. and they're I... like, but they were played in the clubs. Who do you think is paying those DJs to play the songs in the clubs? Come on! It always bothered me that when, when Erica sort of arrived, how immediately popular she was for doing nothing. Like, I, I felt like she was given some gay dog whistles and um, she was she was just sort of saying and some sassy things. Those bitches came running, that's for sure. We People, hear it. Yeah, We're everyone like, was yes! like, "She's fabulous. I love Erica Jane. She's fab." And I was always like, "But why? She's like doesn't really contribute to the show. She's just sort of yeah, there. she's just there. Yeah, she, you know, she's like dressed. She has this cool dress. Like, 
she has costumes. And I actually feel like it was part of the Erica Jane costuming that actually caused Beverly Hills to suffer for like four or five years until this season, because it really became about like, I'm going to have a costume too. And I'm going to be fabulous. And here's my glam team. And it just became like so much of that. Um, but I, I didn't understand why she was just sort of instantly accepted. And now it's kind of funny because now people are like instantly hate her now. So, and you saw the, uh, the paparazzi shots today of her at the TJ Maxx. Did no, I did that? not see those. They got her inside. Well, you know, they're inside a TJ Maxx shopping, you know, so like she's a, she's a frugal yes. queen all of a sudden. And she's saying, and they're saying, oh my God, Erica, this is a bad luck for you or whatever. And she went on Twitter and she's like, oh my God, I went there before and I'll go there after stop living my fucking life or something like <laughs> yeah, that. And then I love it. They show, her, they show her putting something in the car and it's like a dog ramp for her dog. I was like, can the woman go to TJ Maxx? Yeah. You know, well, like I mean, you guys were all the ones cheering her on in the first place. And listen, I'm, I'm sitting here ripping Erica every chance I get, but I've been ripping Erica for five years. I've earned my ripping opportunity. Some of these people, I'm like, this is just, it does get a little too much where it's like now we hate her for going to the fucking target <laughs> it every is weird season, every season i mean of the calendar season like there is a new lady on bravo that the audience just shreds like we just we just finished you know q like the like q2 or like the first q2. half of this year was like q2. was like <laughs> hannah hannah burner like yes. you could like we would say something like, oh, today, you know what? Hey, Ronnie, I really like my new blender. Well, I'll tell you, it needs to be shoved into a blender. Hannah Burner. <laughs> I was like everything. You just like wake up with like an assault of like, fuck Hannah Burner, like every <laughs> single thing. And now it's like and now it's like, OK, and now Summer House is over and we are going to just move that energy into Erica Jane right now. I mean, well, then I'm going to move the energy into Austin Kroll's turtleneck from Winter House. Oh, can't wait. You guys yes. see? I mean. I mean, how excited I, I really am really excited for Winterhouse because I'm a huge fan. Uh, I was a huge fan of Summerhouse, and I think you guys are too. But yeah. I saw those paparazzi, the, the the press photos, and I was like, wow, look at all this gap and like tw- like like Jack's Taylor chunky sweaters happening. Yeah. It's but like a land's end catalog. Yeah. It was like, like life's end catalog. <laughs> but doesn't Austin remind you of that 80s movie villain? That like mm. dates like the the cheerleader and then bullies like, like the nerd. Yeah, yeah yes. like he. I don't know why I don't like Austin, but I feel like Austin's oh, gonna be my because he's don't, just everything. <laughs> but I think why do girls like him wrong. that much? It makes he's no obnoxious. sense to he's me. He's condescending. He doesn't well, do anything, and yet he gets ahead in life. Yeah. Yes. Hey, exactly. listen. We rail against the patriarchy, but some of us want to marry it as well. Okay, because mm-hmm. the patriarchy has a lot of money and will get me a nice house. Okay, so I will <laughs> rail against the patriarchy, but I will also date it. And I think <laughs> that that's some of I think that that's some of what we're seeing with him. You know, because he's everything the world is kind of railing against. Right? It's like some rich white kid handed literally everything, doesn't do shit. You know, treats women like crap, and then people are still like, "Love you." Fails upwards. Doesn't even have a trust fund. Tastes like piss. (laughs) Trop hop is piss. Like trop hop is literal piss. And and Austin is one of those guys that gets into like DMs of like my my friend like just made a comment about his turtleneck, and he doesn't even follow her, and he. He what he got in her DMs and said, "What's up with this?" And I'm like, "Why would you even bother?" Like that's so bizarre to me. Yeah, well, you know what he does. You know what? Here's the thing. Daddy issues are strong and they are potent and they, you know, so like, and and it doesn't matter if you're, if you are Austin Kroll or a a piece of mud, if you got daddy issues, you're going to be drawn to someone like Austin Kroll because he's, he's sort of condescending and he has a short (laughs) fuse 
And um, I think that like he must trigger some strange things. It's like why women are drawn to Jack. Jack's admittedly in his prime was really hot. But, you know, like some, right. a lot of times we watch these shows, we're like, what are these girls seeing in these guys? It's like, you have to always remember daddy issues. Well, daddy, I daddy, daddy, also, daddy issues. I think it's because he um, he's not as hot as he's acting, right? Like he acts That's... like he's a lot hotter. And I think yeah. that that's something that makes people think he's more attainable or something. And so they think, oh my God, he's going to be nice because he's not the hottest guy in the group, right? Like if you see this guy hanging out with Craig at a bar, you're like, Craig is the one who's going to get everything so i'm gonna go for austin yeah. and yeah. austin will be well, nice to me and supposedly and he's surprisingly hot in person terrible. who is he might be he might austin might be surprisingly well, hot in person that happens sometimes every girl says oh he's six three he's six to three or six four and like oh, yeah. like that's an well, excuse that's or thing. like that's like a good personality i'm like well, just because you have a couple inches like that's so you know and it, mm. it just really bothers me for some reason but we obviously we, we supposedly have a love triangle between Lindsay and sierra and austin and i'm like that's insane. Lindsay with Austin. Yeah. Yes. Lindsay says that she's in love with him in the yes. trailer. Oh God. But I mean, we- Lindsay's in love with like, everybody yeah i mean yeah she, she's in love with like koozies on beer cans like <laughs> literally anything um well what do you guys think like because 10 years ago we didn't have like i mean tlc has been so good about having the 90 day universe but now i feel like finally bravo is leaning in and we are having the bravo universe where they are doing some like really they're trying some things out like the the all-star um or the mm. girls trip or whatever they're calling it yes. and the winter house southern lucky charm like all of these all of these First things all, are happening. I love it. You you have to credit that to MTV, not to TLC. That was MTV that started that with road rules. Road the challenge road. and yeah. road rules. I we're not I will I refuse to give that to 90 Day Fiance. But yeah, it is interesting that Bravo is going into that space with Winter House. It really it's I don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. It sort of scares me a little bit. I think one of Bravo's problems is that they just don't they get one good thing and they just knock it into the ground every second that they get and i think that's what they're kind of doing with this i mean i'm really excited for winter house but i'm really glad it's also four out four what is it six four to six episodes something like that wow. so i'm if glad it's four it's like episodes short... i'm gonna riot i want six I, 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 I think it might be six but it's it's I'm short. 13 so no no it's short. <laughs> i'm gonna go so, 30 i'll say 30 yeah like i'm into it for that but you know you look at the below deck shows those shows are good but Every day, I need below deck. Every day, you've got below deck, below deck Mediterranean, below deck um, sailing yacht, sailing yacht. Then they've got two more that I read were coming out. There's like some trout, some like, like uh, maybe Australian peacock specifically. Yeah, oh my god, it's just like, how much do you got? And it was an accident, you know, it's like an accident that they find (laughs) one thing and then they just run it into the ground and i think they might be doing that with summer house and winter house and southern charm so i actually don't think that they might do that with winter house uh but i actually don't think that they're running into the ground i think that what bravo's biggest innovation was was the idea that we can air a franchise year round but we're gonna do it in a way that that we're we basically refresh it after every three months because Previously, what would happen was, speaking of MTV, MTV was really good for if they landed on something big, they would truly drive it into the ground. Like they, what Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore first yeah. season was huge. And then they did like a Miami season and then another season after. They'd sort of like spam us with seasons. So then by season four, we're kind of like, eh, because season four is only like 18 months after the original one. Whereas Bravo was like, we are going to spam you with the Real Housewives, but the cast is essentially changing every four months. So it never really feels like, oh, like... 
we're getting killed with Real Housewives. It's always something new and it sort of like hits the reset button. And I think Winter House may, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because it's, it's like most of the same cast as Summer House. So they actually could drive that one to the ground and we'll just have to see how that goes. But I mean, I'm, I'm just happy just because it feels to me like it's, okay, I'm, I'm backing a viable network, you know, like I'm backing something that has lifeblood in it, you know, like where sometimes I get like, we're so passionate about these shows, but I'm like, are we bringing anybody new in? Like, are we bringing, like, if you're, if we're 13 episodes, 13 seasons into New York or something, is anybody new coming to New York at this point to watch? Or are we completely like, no, we're all say, arguing. One of the most surprising things to me about touring around is seeing the audience for shows there are so many young people i'm like well that's what the hell are you doing (laughs) what do you want because i think i'm old you know and so this stuff i've been if i've been watching this 10 years i figure everyone's just older and a lot of people are older but there's also like a lot of younger people who are into these shows and they don't look at it as like we know all the history they'll be like oh i watched a season of beverly hills and then i watched a season of atlanta or whatever you know but they've just been so prevalent in their lives growing up that they still will watch them and get really into them it's and weird. also i i think that um and not as many people watch all the franchises the way we do yeah. i think there are a lot of people who just watch one or two and so when you say is there room to take on new people actually there is because i was just talking to someone last night who said that he had been a east coast real housewife loyalist mainly in new jersey northeast coast <laughs> mainly new jersey and new york and that he actually got turned off by new york this season so he decided to start watching beverly hills for the first time so i thought that was kind of shocking because beverly hills is one of the marquee franchises for bravo and yet after all these years he hadn't ever dabbled in it but then he decided to start watching it so i do think that sometimes people have they can only take on so many shows they have like their two housewives shows that they watch so it is possible to to grow these numbers as people break into new ones um as we start uh wrapping up here uh our last 10 minutes um i wanted to get some quick thoughts uh you just mentioned new york uh, coming off this season, there was so much discourse about this season. Uh, what were your thoughts really quickly? I mean, like it, it's to me, like Beverly Hills was always the Michael Bay uh, franchise and New York was like independent theater. And hmm. this season, I just uh, <laughs> like I, I like I said, I'm never going to not watch New York, but it just didn't hit. And I don't blame anybody. Like, I don't need to blame anybody. Like it's like some things just don't work. Did it work for you guys? Well, you know, no, I mean. It didn't hit, but I think a lot of these shows is whenever they change the cast drastically, that happens. There were less women, you know, then you have Leah, who's not really going to help anything ever. And then you've got, (laughs) you know, Ebony is so new to the group and you're making, you know, you're putting Ramona in the situation where any of us have to listen to Ramona's fucking ideas on race or whatever. A lot of it went wrong. But it's still Real Housewives of New York. I mean, even the worst episodes we cracked up over. But I I don't know how how affected my judgment is because we just like if I leave a recap laughing, I'm like, that was a great show. But the actual show made me laugh. I mean, I laughed every almost every single time I sat down to take notes on that show. I was cracking up. They're so crazy that, you know, that's what I watch it for. If I laugh, then if I laugh or cry, then it wins for me. Same for me. I, I I agree. It wasn't the best season by any stretch of the imagination, but it was still a really good season. There were still some really good things. I think that maybe the uh, there was a little bit of an overemphasis on the young ones, aka Ebony and Leah, and we're really there for the older ones. And people would say, oh, the older ones are just doing their thing. But I don't think they had... It, there was COVID, and this was just a franchise that 
really didn't really know what to do with itself during that time. But I'm a little disappointed that so many people after every year, everyone talks about, oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. And then one season that's like not quite as good. Cancel it. Everyone's like, cancel, cancel it. it. Cancel I'm like, that's why do you want to kill your babies? <laughs> no, it is. Like, that's not the answer. That's Nobody not the like, answer. There's no subtlety uh, in anybody's discourse on housewives. <laughs> that literally the no. first answer is cancel it. Throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. Move they're all, on. I'm like, do you remember how you loved this show like nine months ago? Do you remember how like, but like 13 weeks before the, but 13 weeks ago that before the show had aired, everyone was like, putting every gif up about like, yes, the Queens are here. La, da, 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 and now they're like, cancel it. I just feel like that's actually not <laughs> well, the appropriate way. Cause that's also how we get, that's how you send bad feedback to a network and they give us content that we don't like. Right. Yeah. Like just say, didn't love this season. It wasn't good. They need to fix X, Y, and Z. But like, uh, you know, I'm also an apologist and a, uh, if, if there's something I love, I will still defend it way longer after its expiration date. But I don't think that New York has expired by any stretch. Of the well, a lot of the reason that people were saying cancel it, cancel it wasn't just because the show wasn't doing great. It's because the race stuff and the remote, the Ramona of it all. Right. Yeah. So a lot of that came down to Ramona. It's like how much of that behavior is, still funny because she's so just looney tunes and there are still so many people like Ramona read the comments of literally any news article and you see that they're still there. So it's like, do we just pretend that those people aren't there anymore and cancel it? Or do we laugh at that because it's Ramona and we're used to it? I don't know. There were a lot of conflicting but, feelings, but I yeah. like, I mean, I, I think it's good. Uh, I like Bravo in the sense that, you know, they are putting some uncomfortable moments out there that I'm, I'm happy with like kind of soul searching and like, am I really thinking deep thoughts about Ramona and stuff? But like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm kind of happy that there, we, we watch a network that is actually even attempting to put some things on screen and it's going to be bumpy for a couple of years or seasons. Um, I wish I, I want more of that lamb curry and Garth. Um, yeah. Amazing. Truly. Um, I want more Bershawn also. I think Bershawn was a really good addition because <laughs> she is like, uh, a, a, like a classic narcissist in the Roni tradition and sort of self not lacking self-awareness. And that's what this show is all about. And I think that actually Ebony, her fatal flaw is that she's a little like too, um, media train from her years in broadcasting. And it felt like sometimes it felt like she would do She would like laugh. She was like, ha! And it felt a little deliberate. It didn't sometimes it, it was hard sometimes with Ebony on that front, but Ebony was also put in a really, really difficult position because I felt like she was sort of foisted into this role where she had to be the educator. And as much as there's this conversation about like, she shouldn't have to be the educator. She kind of still was put in that position, which was un, like not fair to her. I mean, it was, it's actually a very fascinating thing to look back on and on that season and well, why it truly went wrong. Cause Ramona would like go off like a, like a whirling dervish and like just say some horrible things. And then at the end of the episode, you'd always have Ebony going, I am still interested in being friends with Ramona singer. And you'd be like, I'm not like if somebody was doing that, like I, it just didn't strike, you know, you're like, you're having to do this because of a show, not because of any kind of reality, because if somebody was like that, I would not personally be interested in continuing a relationship, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Ramona is um, truly okay. A we got three more weeks until Vanderpump Rules uh, season nine premieres. This feels like the show that has long been forgotten. And because of the the amount of time that they have taken, uh, are you guys excited at all? Or we, do we have so many shows that like, I feel like we have so many great shows right now. I'm really nervous about this. Do you guys <laughs> going into a season, do you guys have any thoughts or anything like that about Vanderpump? I'm so scarred. <laughs> honestly like yeah. Fander prep rules is one of bravo's 
best shows, I think. I mean, it has the best history. We love that show. And I could tell the year before last, it was going down. I mean, I remember saying it at one of the shows, like, this is it. Like, enjoy oh my this. This is going down after this. And it did. It had a really rough year for sure. And it's one of those that they're so committed to that it just never ends. Like the season goes on forever. It's like 20 something episodes. And by the, if it's not a good season, it's like, just kill it. So it was rough. Um, and this year I'm scarred. So I'm not really sure. It it looks like a bunch of costumes and like wooing. Mm. It looks very kind of summer. Oh, you're going to see a lot of those editing things where they're going to make like little bits within the edit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Be, I, that's, that's my greatest fear is that it's going to be a lot of that. Um, you know, I am afraid that we, we don't have any good villains. Um, but you know, this is what I'm holding out for because I think that Vanderpump rules is kind of caught now between it's in this weird space that it's like older, like that the cast is sort of older than Summer House. Actually, it's not older, but it feels older. It's an older show. It's not yeah. a real house. So I've, Summer House kind of came, I think, took the mantle of the youth programming on Bravo. But my hope for Vanderpump Rules is that it has some sort of Southern Charm renaissance because Southern Charm this past season, I think we all were expecting that this was going to be the season where it was like Southern Charm was kind of like going to be done because the previous season was fine. It was that first season without Thomas and it was fine, but it felt a little rudderless. And then this season was kind of like the, the true um, birth. I don't not the birth. It's the, it's, it's basically the Madison and Austin, that whole shit. Like it got its new voice, which was like, that was the future. Right. And it culminated in this crazy reunion that somehow brought a rod into it. And I feel like Southern charm has <laughs> this like new jolt of energy. That's going to, that's going to propel it forward. And I just have to hope that, something like that will happen with Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, you just hope they're thinking about it as much as we are, like like production. Like, do they really take time to like think about how they're going to approach this and especially with Jax and Stassi and Kristen leaving? Or did they just go, let's throw a bunch of shit against the wall and see what we got, you know? Yeah, but there's, the thing is, there's not a lot of new blood that we've seen, at least not in the trailer. Just right? Sheena's... Well, it's the thing, right? Literal you know, blood. and I think this was the problem with New York too. They have to have faith that they can recast these shows. I mean, yes, we do love the cast. Vanderpump Rules was great. The cast was great, but the cast is over. It's not the same. They're not kids. They're not slutty people. You're not supposed to be friends with people that you worked at a bar 10 years ago. You're not supposed to still be friends with those people. But even if they need that, they've still got that. Every restaurant has that core group of people that like thinks they're badasses and the cool cheerleaders. But you're going to have to trust that there's going to be people there. It's like New York. You don't think that there's crazy ladies, crazy groups of friends all over new york like they they're too afraid to recast these shows now look if they did recast them i'd be like fuck them they recast <laughs> yeah. i'm never watching this again so can you win with me no but i think that with vanderpump rules i don't want to see fucking lala and her yeah. and rand i don't want to don't make they, me do it they, I, I mean yeah. i want to see sheena be a mother but i don't really know if i want to see law i don't know like I, just because sheena is like that's her life's purpose and you know she's you like just watching her try to Terror. bounce back from having that baby to filming the next week like to me that's fascinating that kind of like hunger to be mm. like this is my moment stassi and Kristen are gone and i have a baby like to me that's what i think is going to be the driving force hopefully I think yeah. the problem with Vanderpump Rules is that they failed at a certain point. That they sort of stopped trying to um, bring in new talent. I think after they found Lala, they they kind of stopped bringing in new faces, 
And um, although maybe James was after Lala, I thought he was like around Lala. Yeah, but, he was around. But you know, remember season six was everyone was saying it was like the best. Oh, when Jack's season, cheated. Yeah, Jack's yeah, cheated. Yeah. It was so amazing. And then it was, it was like New York. The next season was bad. And everyone said to cancel it. And the problem is that season six is when they all decide they wanted to grow up and become adults. And there was Bravo was kind of like left there with like their pants down around their ankles because they didn't have they didn't really have a, like a new immature generation to take over the show. And so then they tried to spam us with all these awful people last season. And that was a massive failure. So I don't I don't know how they fixed it, but I just have to have faith that. Yeah, all I have to do, all I have to do fits. is yeah, all I have to do is watch it. So I'm fine, I guess. I just hope that we're watching something that is like at least. St- I mean, I don't care about visually stimulating. I want like characters and stuff like that. Um, oh, is that me? I think where is that, uh, Ronnie? Is no, I'm not playing music. I'm not playing it. How I'm weird. Our podcast's music is playing. Hey, I just is- heard it. Okay, that's it with time. Uh, and, and finally, Potomac and uh, Salt Lake, I feel like are both like just fully chugging along great. so great. You guys, yeah. and I think Mia is like the perfect addition to Potomac, like not even a bump in the road. Like I feel like those are firing on all cylinders. Um, uh, and I want to show you guys one thing before you leave. Just one sec. This is exciting. This is underwear. <laughs> <laughs> we almost got tubed. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I want to get to it someday. You do? No, you don't. No, I don't. Not, no. Oh, oh yeah. Wait. Oh yeah. Wait. Ryan. The picture. Yeah. This is uh the Tom this, this... Girardi painting. Of oh my him god. Him and his brothers. Yeah. Did you ever get the Erica childhood photos to her? By the way. Uh no, she has not responded. So we're we're giving them to like some hairstylist that does her hair or something. <laughs> but like we, well, it was like a grab bag bag box, like. You could bid like $70 on like a box of just like, so I have like 30 law trophies of like Tom Girardi. If you guys want one, I can send you each one. <laughs> yes, but, uh, I want a Tom okay, Girardi yeah. law trophy. No, Hell yes. Totally. But her her baby pictures were like her childhood pictures were That's in there. That's so sad. It was really sad. And like, I'll make fun of Erica Jane till the cows come home. But I just like, there was no part of me that wants that, you know, like. Yeah. Like that oil panning with Tom Girardi we're putting in like Batman and other pop culture figures. Like mm-hmm. we're going to change up the oil painting and make it like other Bravo people and pop culture figures. But you're not going to disfigure the painting. Will you? Oh yeah. <gasps> you can't, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, no, no, you cannot adjust. You wait, are sitting uh, on an artifact. You can't like paint on the artifact. What are you, what are you like? Indiana Jones? Like I'd say it, paint it, paint yeah, the artifact. Yeah. Shit. If I could go into the museum, I'd put wigs on dinosaurs. Okay? <laughs> Everything needs some improvement. <laughs> um, uh, well, you guys, thank you for spending this hour with us. Uh, you really are heroes of mine, but you really are just the nicest people ever. And thank you for allowing me to be part of this Bravo gang with you guys in terms of podcasting. You've been so always awesome to me. And one of my high moments of doing any of this was being able to be at the crappies this year as one of the presenters. It really meant the world to me. Um, but you guys, uh, I don't need watch what crappens. You'll know the tour dates pretty soon. Hopefully Monday night, Spotify green room, go download that. And is there anything else coming up that we need to know about? Mm, I'm going to oh, go to Starbucks. Today, do I think. Yeah. Uh, Ben's going to go to Starbucks. So if you, uh, if pumpkin <laughs> spice lattes, yeah. good um, luck, buddy. <laughs> But you got thank a you lot guys. of work coming up. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ryan, thank you so much for everything. Thanks for being a good friend. Uh, thank you for making podcaster. memes. And Ben, can <laughs> I can I come over for food memes. sometime? 
Oh yeah, sure. How I, long I does it take like to make tartar tartar uh, like they did tartar last night sauce? for PK? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple seconds. It's mayonnaise and, and dill pickles. Oh, right? they yeah. some mayonnaise for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you all the tartar sauce you could ever want. Oh God. Ugh. Okay. Uh, we'll talk to you hopefully very soon. Okay. okay thanks, thanks Ryan. Ryan. Five, four. Betches.